Gregory family to uh, another uh, installation of our Psalm 40 project. Uh, today I am having a conversation with Chris Walkley, uh, member of LaGrave and resident of the neighborhood. So Chris, thanks for joining me today. Not a problem. All right. Uh, hey, let's just start with some basics. Where did you grow up and, and Grew up such? down by a little town called Fenville. Okay. Spent most of my life down there and Then ended up going to Holland to live in the mission for a while, and then All right. ended up coming up to Grand Rapids. There we go. So let's go circle back to Fenville. So tell me a little bit about family, siblings, that sort of thing. I have two brothers and a mother alive right now. Okay. All right. My dad passed away probably about eight years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Now, I know... Um, Where'd you go to high school? Fenville High School, yeah. public high school. And while you were in high school, I know that one of your extracurricular activities was being part of something called the uh, Quiz Bowl or yeah. something like that. So tell me a little about what is Quiz Bowl, first of all. It's an, ex it's an academic competition. Okay. Basically, the schools send in their supposed finest in academics to show which school teaches the best okay all right so it was like <laughs> um not trivia but it was like just questions that oh it was would, trivia like trivia questions okay a little bit like jeopardy only yeah only you didn't have to answer a, okay. a question <laughs> you could they would ask a question and you could answer yeah so um how do you prepare for something like that or how did you go about get preparing for quiz bowl well i would go into the library and read the encyclopedia and okay so how did that help you the encyclopedias are good for a broad base of knowledge yeah and that was my forte was if it wasn't especially as somebody else they could rely on me because you had the broad depth so so oh, i didn't realize that so maybe a team might put together some students based on they had a special. We, we had one guy who was really good at sports. We had one okay. lady who was really good at literature. Okay. I was good as a general catch all. Catch all. From reading the encyclopedia. You have a preference for encyclopedias? The World Book or Britannia? Or? Britannica. Okay. All right. There we go. Good. Okay. Um, you already mentioned, but let's go a little bit deeper into or a little more detail. How, how was it that you became homeless? How did that come about? Uh, I had a fight with my parents because I didn't want to grow up. Okay. I was I was in that Peter Pan mode. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard you refer to it as your Peter Pan mode. I like that. So, all right. And they decided that the best way for me to learn to grow up was to experience the world in all its harshness. All right. So did you become homeless immediately, or did you move into an apartment at that time? Were I moved into a trailer that I couldn't afford. Okay. So I ended up getting an eviction because I couldn't pay the lot rent and the trailer payment. Okay. Were you working at that time then? Yeah. Okay. Where? Myers. Okay. All right. All right. Whereabouts was the trailer located? Where were you? I was in the south side of Holland. South side of Holland. 
All right. So, did you spend time living on the streets in Holland, or yep? What, how did that go? What was that like? Holland, they tend to be a little bit more strict about people living on the street than they do than they used to in Grand Rapids. I don't know if they're they tightened up the or not, but so I ended up going to the Holland Mission and met a friend of mine there. Okay. And when he got thrown out of the program, I decided to be the good Samaritan and go with him to Grand Rapids so that he had a friend that he could rely on. Okay. When you came to Grand Rapids, did you go directly to a mission here or yeah. did you, okay. Went to Guiding Light back when Chico Daniels was still in charge of it. Okay, so that was a few directors before the current director of Stuart Ray. Okay, yeah. So, um, how long did you, how long were you at Holland Mission and how long were you at Guiding Light total? I mean, estimate, estimate. I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah, okay, all right. What was, how would you characterize life in the mission at that time? Knowing that it's probably changed since then, but yeah. Back then, the missions were all shove religion down everybody's throat. I don't know if they still do that. Okay. Say a little bit more about that. What was that like? As much as I hate to say it, it, it we got to the point where we would have, in order to get a meal, we'd have to sit through a service. So most of the people that I know that went to Guiding Light, we'd all go in there, sit down, and then tune out the world. Just put in your time, wait for supper. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay, all right. When you were staying at Guiding Light, uh, did you have some responsibilities there, jobs? Yeah. Sort of thing? yeah. I was helping to unload their food truck that would come in, and I was also okay. a member of their third shift security team. Oh, okay. All right. So um, you weren't there for drug or alcohol no. addiction issues, challenges? No. Okay. It was just a matter of being homeless. So, um, yeah, so um, what other spiritual formation or faith formation activities did they have in addition to chapel? Was there anything in addition to chapel that uh, you could participate in at that time? Not really. Okay. And calling it faith formation? Okay. I'm going to argue with you on that. Well, that won't be the first time we've argued, so go it's ahead. Probably not. <laughs> it probably won't be the last. <laughs> no. But, like I said, it, it they were pushing religion so hard that it was a matter of just tuning out the world. Okay. You, you, I actually got into an argument with a pastor and got him to quit. Because he said something that I didn't agree with. Okay. And that was at Guiding Light or Holland? That was at Guiding Light. That was at Guiding Light, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they had a number. Uh, I mean, I remember preaching some of those services. They had a whole crew of people going through going through there, the rotation. So. Yeah. 
All right, so how did you transfer sort of out of guiding light and into housing? How did that happen? I got my social security. All right. Did guiding light help with that or how did you? No, I actually got a uh, lawyer to help me with that. Okay, all right. That and I was also going to Cherry Street and this was back when it was still over by the Sheldon house. Oh yeah, yeah. I met, I had a uh, case manager that helped me get my social security. So that was helpful. Yeah. yeah. What, um, have you been, right now you're at Weston. Yep. With Dwelling Place. Have you been at other Dwelling Place? The Ferguson and the Elmdale. Okay. Ferguson, Elmdale, and now Weston. You've been there how long? About three years. About three years. Okay. All right. You said two-tracking a little while ago about our Bible study. Say a little bit about, uh, for for those who maybe are watching and don't know what that means to two-track, what is it? What does two-tracking look like when we're studying about Well, we'll go, we'll find a topic or something, and this other guy and I will take it and we'll look up other verses related to it, which slows down progression a lot. That's right. But usually we make a pretty good point when we do it. And we take our time to explore that then and talk yeah. about that and how it relates back to the passage or doesn't relate and yeah, go deep that way. So, All right. Well, LaGrave's been in um, Hartside neighborhood for years, many years. Um, I think um, we've, we're always seeking to be good neighbors and trying to come alongside folks who live in this neighborhood. Do you have advice for us about how we can help people who live in Hartside in their faith formation? Because I think in some ways, Hartside neighborhood is the one of the most evangelized neighborhoods in and Grand Rapids. But yeah. How can we help with faith formation, helping people grow? Don't push people. That is because that that's the simplest way to put it is okay. don't push people. If they if they're over evangelized already and it, that's using your term, basically your terms. Yep. What they need is some, they need more of a friend than they do a church. Can you say a little bit more about what that might look like? Somebody they can talk to when they're feeling down or somebody that might go, hey, you want to go out for coffee or something? There you go. Okay. It's just don't don't make religion. Well, I'm gonna borrow your line on this one. Okay. Let Paul lose occasionally. <laughs> that is my line. <laughs> because we want to have people keep coming back for the next Bible study. Yeah. We don't. We can let them explore. All right. So. Um, this was not on the on our question list. 
Okay. Would you be willing to tell us what it was like the day that you stood up at the grave and made your profession of faith? I think it was on an Easter Sunday. Yes, it was. It was probably one of the scariest things I've done in a long time. And we had talked about it and gave you gave me a way to escape if it got too much for me. Yep. But thankfully I didn't have to. Nope. You hung in there. Well, Chris, thanks for thanks for talking with me in front of the cameras and for our congregation. We're glad you're part of the Grave Church. I'm glad to be part of the church. Mm-hmm.